0: Hello, hello, hello out there in podcast land, and you are listening to the very inaugural episode of Ezra's Extraordinary Extravaganza. It's me, your captain, Ezra Brown, and guys, here we are. It's here. First intro, first episode. It's time. It's happening. It's time for the world to know what's going down here on the extravaganza. We got a great episode for you today. We got my old buddy and indie wonderkind Mike Summers in the studio to tell us about his new EP and to wax philosophical about the years of friendship and wonderful things. We have gone through together, and you don't want to miss it. Especially, he drops a pretty big announcement towards the end of the interview that's actually a scoop that we got here on the Extraordinary Extravaganza. Um, So you're definitely going to want to watch out for that, you New Yorkers especially. So stay to the end of the interview. Don't miss anything couple of housekeeping things. Um I think in the interview at one point I refer to it as the exploding extravaganza. I fucked up. That's not the name of my own podcast. It is the extraordinary extravaganza, but some might say the interview is explosive. Joyously so. Joyously so. We're not the New York Times, but some might say the interview is uh joyously explosive but the name of the podcast is extraordinary ezra's extraordinary extravaganza i'm so happy to be here man i'm happy to finally be getting off my ass and doing something instead of just talking about it i'm happy the world's starting to move again i went to see although it's already starting to collapse again because people are stupid But I went to see fish last night, the band, not the animal. There were no fish there, but the band fish was there. Um, I went to see them last night. I wore a mask in and a mask out of the venue. Um, When we got to our seats, we were pretty well sectioned away from the general population. So we took them off when we were in our seats because it was at an outdoor venue and we were sectioned off, but we were masked up on the way in and the way out. We were some of the few who were, which didn't shock me being in a crowd of hippies in Alabama, but don't be stupid guys. Vax up, mask up, do your part for everybody so we can get this fucking easily preventable bullshit that we just kind of sat out on on the way um so that we can get this out of the way sorry this is the first podcast intro i've ever done so it's a little all over the place but i'll get better as the show goes on maybe i hope possibly we'll see um but yeah it was great being at the fish show um the boys put on a wonderful show. Um, it was amazing to be back. They were on fire. You could tell they were ready to go. Hot. Both sets were hot, hot, hot. Literally and figuratively, it was hot as shit. Um, and they were hot as shit. Um, they did a three-song encore that was just a killer Um You could. it was just good to be back and you could tell everybody felt good to be back and I hope we can stay back and I hope people vax up and mask up and do all that stuff like I said so we can get this shit out of the way I would talk a little more about the fish show but I want to do I'm saving a lot of it for my stand-up which leads me to a segue um If you're ever in the Birmingham area, come see me do stand-up. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at sitdowncomic95 to keep up with me and my dates. Um, But I'll just let you know here, you can catch me most Mondays at the uh, Cahaba Brewery open mic here in Birmingham. And you can catch me every first and third Wednesday of the month at Ghost Train Brewing uh, here in Birmingham. And then on September 11th, um, I will be doing a daytime show with a wonderful uh, promoter here in town called Laugh Garden. Um, More details about that are forthcoming. But like I said, if you want the lowdown, the 411, the info on my illustrious stand up career, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at SitDownComic95. Folks, this was my first intro. It was a little rocky, Balboa, but I promise I'll get better. Um, this is Ezra's Extraordinary Extravaganza, a new variety podcast. We've just got the interview for you this week, but it's a good interview. It's a long one. It goes in a lot of different directions and I think you have a really good time and maybe even learn a couple of things. Probably not things you necessarily needed to know, but like you might not hate that you learned them you know, so I think it's a pretty good interview, I think, I think you'll have fun, uh, I really did, I really, really did, and I hope that you do too, and like I said, we'll get better as the show goes on, I hope, and we'll provide you with more variety within the episodes as the show goes on, and we get more of a handle on what we're doing, You know, you can't be serving up a full tasting menu every week. You know, you'd be overextended. Sometimes to make sure your shit is top quality, you just got to pick one dish and serve it real well. And that's what we did for you with this interview this week. But um, the variety is coming, folks. Next week, we got Birmingham's greatest stand-up comedian, Peter Davenport will be on the podcast. We got a new segment with a dear friend of mine about tarot and astrology. And we got a new pop culture news segment with another dear friend of mine who's so hilarious and fun. Um, So look out for all of that in our next episode. Uh, One last thing. I keep referencing the outro and all the stuff that I'll fix in the outro. I don't know why I said that. There's not gonna be an outro. Don't wait for an outro. It's just gonna be me reading the credits while some really amazing royalty-free music plays underneath me. Um, So don't look for an outro. I'm just gonna correct everything I said I'd correct in the outro here. At one point in the interview, I refer to Phoebe Bridgers as a lesbian. Um, Not that it would be any issue at all if she was, but I don't think she is. So just for the sake of journalistic accuracy, I want to put that out there. Um, And... uh, I'm trying to think if there was anything else I said I would cover in our uh, non-existent outro. Oh, if you hear me coughing during the interview, I'm not tubercular and I don't have um, COVID yet. I'm just smoking weed, so worry not. And it only happens a couple of times, so I apologize but that's what that is when you hear that. So that's about all I got. This has gone on long enough. I wanna dive you guys right into my wonderful interview that I got to do this week. Um, Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I'm so happy and privileged and excited that it actually got off the ground and that it's being listened to possibly by somebody right now. Um, And that we can bring you some more of the cool stuff that we have planned. And I can't wait to do that here on Ezra's Exploding Extravaganza. So thank you so much for tuning in. And please enjoy my interview with Mike Summers. And I will see you next week. Peace and love. Thanks, guys. Hello, everybody. We are here on Ezra's Exploding Extravaganza with our very first guest ever. The man, the myth, the legend, the incomparable Mike Summers is here in the studio. What's going on, man? It's good to have you.
1: Ezra, thank you so much for having me. It's good. Yeah, it's
0: good to be here.
1: Excited to to kick off this uh, podcast with you
0: me too i'm excited to figure out what the hell this is gonna be as we go forward Uh, this is actually the first thing we're recording for the podcast not to uh, not to uh, ruin the illusion for the two of you listening that already heard the intro Um, but this is actually the first thing we're recording so we'll see what happens um, but you are here uh, mainly to promote a wonderful new EP that you've just released. So why don't you tell us a little uh, bit about that? I'm mainly punting it to you because I don't want to mispronounce the title right off the bat. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's
1: a that's a fair punt. Um, yeah. I'll take that one. Uh, yeah, so uh, a couple weeks ago, like two weeks ago now, I released uh, my debut ep for um major streaming platforms um it's called gocutta Uh, a lot of people when they hear it they're like what the hell does that mean so (laughs) and i'm like yeah i get it so um
0: would you be would you be kind enough to enlighten us as to what it does mean
1: yes absolutely so i stumbled across this word uh one of my favorite things to do in my spare time is watch interviews of all my favorite artists and just I, you know, hear the endless whisperings and endless little chunks of knowledge they have to give us all. And um, I was <laughs> I was listening to an interview with um, Matty Healy, who's the lead vocalist of the 1975, uh-huh. one of my favorite groups. And um, he had talked about himself making some music that was inspired by uh, this word, Gokuta, which is a Swedish word. And it means, um, to go out in the morning and listen to the birds sing is the rough translation of it. Right yeah. on. And I just thought, you know, I just thought that was a really cool, like, I, first of all, I like the fact that there was no literal definition of it. It was like, yeah. we don't have loose translations. It's like, it's like some, some drunken Swedish guy in a bar was just like mumbling to himself, said this word. And it was, you know, the sun was probably coming up or something. And, and it he-
0: caught on, yeah kind of like kind of like those magic moments in life that you don't have a literal oh, there's a lot of moments in life you don't have a literal translation for and it's kind of cool to have a word that reflects that
1: yeah um, um but and also there was another definition of it that I really like and it it just means dawn panic like oh
0: that uh, is a vibe
1: like the the idea of the fact that like you know when when a new day is breaking the sun's coming up like it's very peaceful but also very chaotic too because even though the chaos is a quiet chaos it's still very like a lot of things are happening at one time yeah
0: absolutely absolutely and so was that a was that a theme of when you were you know recording and sequencing the tracks sort of thinking about the unfolding of the beginning of the day and that sort
1: of thing? Yeah, uh, I mean, especially on the opening track because what happened was I was listening to that interview and I had like my recording equipment with me and just, you know, like my little MIDI keyboard and Logic was open. And I just kind of had the idea of like, okay, I'm just going to try to like create the sound of whatever Gokata is. Yeah, just, for just, sure. Just the sound. And, yeah. Um, and yeah, and what ended up happening was uh, the opening, like little string plucking you hear on the first track, of kind of that, Ding, yeah. Ding, like that was, yeah. kind of. I don't know, I, I just want to like, I picture like the sun, like slowly coming up very, very circle of life, but you know, <laughs> make it <you> know, Yeah, <laughs> kind of a little, <laughs> a little
0: foggy, but not too foggy. Exactly. Kind of, kind of brisk. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to. Excuse me. I'm trying to remember um, the track names off the top of my head. You know. There was one I loved all the tracks, but there was one in particular. I'm pulling out my Apple Music. There was one in particular that really, the beat really hit me. Um, and they find my recently listened
1: yeah I'm um, sure um i'm glad to hear that a beat stuck with you anyway like that's
0: yeah great. yeah that's that's one of the that's one of the things when you know you're in the right direction if you hear people say oh man the beat is that beat is so sick
1: yeah that's, that's when you always, know you know it's, it's when it's when the when someone's listening to your track and they kind of make that like that, like, nasty yeah, face. Yeah, that
0: steak face, yeah. Someone's
1: like, this is, I think, you know, there's a meme circulating not too long ago, and I was like, this is the best compliment a musician can get. Yeah. Just <laughs> that face. Yeah. I was like, yeah, very very much so.
0: <laughs> I think it was Surface.
1: Oh, okay, yeah. yeah that beat st- stuck out really whole yeah. to me. I, I love that beat because it almost has this, like, this, it sounds it has this very Spanish influence to it.
0: Yeah, it's kind of flamenco. Is what
1: I heard too. Yeah, yeah. it was. Um, and funny, that's actually the oldest song on the EP. Interesting. So,
0: give us a little bit of a of like a timeline. Of how long have these songs been? Like, when did the when did these songs first start to show up? And then, when did the project kind of start to? coalesce into what it became
1: right yeah um it's a great question so yeah so when i was just telling you about um when i had heard the word gokata for the first time i was like oh i want to make uh i just want to make that sound on my laptop and my keyboard i just want to create that that was actually christmas eve 20 uh Twenty ninety yeah, twenty nineteen last year twenty twenty. So was, was like kind yeah. like isn't <laughs> so it
0: weird how twenty nineteen kind of feels like nineteen nineteen?
1: <laughs> <kind of, laughs> <where laughs> <are you?
0: laughs>
1: oh God, oh, all the time all the time it's just gone by. Yeah.
0: Uh, it's time is time, the phrase time turns elastic has never been truer true, than it man. is now.
1: Oh my god, yes. Sorry, um,
0: continue. Oh, you're good,
1: and it was kind of hilarious because I I just came in from uh, I was living in Tennessee at the time, but I came back to Alabama to see <laughs> my Dollywood,
0: Dollywood days.
1: Dollywood days.
0: Yeah, for those of you that don't know, me and Mike go way, way, way back. Way. But but we'll get into yeah. that. We'll get into that later. Let's get all the EP stuff out of the way. I have <laughs> well, yeah. I have a, I have a news item that I've been, it has been physically difficult for me not to text you about it. And I don't think you've heard about it because we would have talked about, but I literally was waiting to, to, I was like, no, I'm going to wait and tell him this on the podcast. But you were, you were totally in the middle of a story. Sorry. So go ahead.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. So it was Christmas Eve. uh, And, uh, and, and, I had just, I had literally just gotten home from the liquor store, uh, and um, because I was like, like oh, you it's, do. it's Christmas Eve, I'm back home, so yeah. naturally Santa wants his whiskey. And yeah, that's where you are. Yeah, <laughs> that's what's going on. I was a vibe. So there was that. That was kind of when I decided, like, you know, because over that little Christmas break, I was like, I really like this concept. I like this. And I was just like, um, I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna carry through it. Like, I'm gonna make an EP off of this, maybe not this idea, but this loose concept. And I, I want, I yeah. want every song that's on it to have some kind of element of that. Um, so uh, that's kind of what I'll say about that. And I, as with Surface, which is the second song I just mentioned. I had actually created the a beat and a sample um, while I was on tour with Dollywood. Um, and it's kind of hilarious because it was like literally a three-person tour. And we all had like separate hotel rooms while we were on this tour. And mind you, we were doing children's theater. Like we yeah. weren't doing like anything like crazy. Earth-shattering. Ground- Shattering. <laughs> and um, so I had... What I've been doing is when, when I would go on these overnight trips, I was bringing usually my small MIDI keyboard and my laptop with me. And I was just like in my hotel room. This is 2018. Okay. So yeah. Summer 2018. And I created this beat that uh, I think I'm pretty sure is still on my SoundCloud. <laughs> um,
0: I will, I will <laughs> fact check that and let people know in the outro.
1: Whether and, or not
0: that is true.
1: And what's funny was that, I mean, the song changed a lot since then. Like that. that oh, um, of course, yeah. That, like, that flamenco esque beat that we talked about was not there yet. It had a very. I don't know. I would say. I would compare it to like a Novocaine beat, like Frank Ocean Novocaine beat. Yeah. Which is a great beat, but it's very. It's just very um, standard in a sense, I guess. Yeah, um, it's
0: very like. Yeah, I see what you mean. For like, we, sure. like we
1: know what's going on here, uh, but it was. Uh, but I, I, just, <laughs> I made the beat. I didn't have. That, it was one of those things where like just I couldn't write to it. Like I, like I just was nothing was pulling. Like I just. Yeah. The beat sounded good, but it wasn't making me think of anything to write. Yeah, it wasn't inspiring particularly. And like for some, and I kept on my laptop, and then like, a year and a half later. I went back to it and I just kinda, I finally had some inspiration for it. And then, um, so yeah, so then that song came about. Um, and uh, <coughs> that song was actually heavily worked on by my uh, producer, his name is Michael Mayo.
0: <laughs> yeah, is he, is,
1: is he the other voice
0: that we hear on the, on the track?
1: Yeah, yeah. So that's Michael. Michael is a really, really talented producer, uh, musician, singer himself. Um, And he just had a lot of, he just had a lot of know-how. It's funny, he actually reached out to me. We connected through Instagram. Um, He found some of my music and he reached out to me summer of last year. He's like, hey, I really like your sound. Do you want to put out, do you want to be featured on one of my EPs that's coming out? And I was like, Yeah, totally. Hell yeah. Yeah. And um, it was kind of crazy because, you know, we were still in, we were in the, at the height of the pandemic, really. Yeah. And it was like, and Michael um, actually lives in, um, lives in Connecticut. Oh, wow. So, so, uh, you know, when I first did the single with him, and this is before I asked him if he would produce my EP, you know, I kind of quickly had the realization of, oh, this is all going to have to happen like electronically over zoom to be Lots of emails, lots of transferring, lots of, yeah. Stuff. And so uh, we had like, like right now we had like uh, two or three like zoom sessions where we were writing. Like we were it was oh, just, wow. the guitar, just like just saying shit out loud <laughs> and like hoping it would stick. And some of it did. And then, and some of it didn't. And then like, that's how it was. And then it was literally, he produced, obviously, because it was his music, he produced his own tracks, and then he just sent me the tracks. I recorded them where I was in New York City and sent it to him.
0: And yeah.
1: Hell and yeah. I, and I think that's just something that a lot of musicians who created music during the pandemic can probably relate to.
0: Oh, yeah. it's been um, It's been really inspiring, I don't know, to see a lot of people who come out with, like, a lot of like hokey pokey dog shit about like how I think the pandemic was actually really good for me. And like I needed a reset and blah, 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 blah. The pandemic was good for literally nobody. Um,
1: yeah.
0: Hundreds thousands of people died. The, yeah. in, the world infrastructure almost collapsed. Um, everyone i know was unemployed for a year and a lot of people still are um so but like it was really interesting to see so many musicians over the course of the pandemic just be like okay fucking this is what we got right
1: this is what we gotta do and i mean you know musicians especially if you consider yourself more of a recording artist which i think is a I, I use that word very, like, strangely, because it's like, but just you just record like, that's yeah. it? And yeah. like, maybe, maybe that's your thing, you know, whatever. So but I just, you know, I, my hope is that, like, even if it's maybe not the best music for a live setting that you can eventually put it in a live setting, but that's, that's not the point. But yeah. Um, uh, yeah, but luckily, what I was trying to say was that musicians in particular, <laughs> or recording artists, had a very, uh, I'm sure at least a somewhat smoother transition into pandemic life because you're so used to just being, locking yourself in a room and listening to <laughs> the sound of your own thoughts. Yeah. And, and for extended periods of time and just slipping into madness. And yeah absolutely <laughs> it's yeah. like in a way flipping into
0: was, madness the 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 in an integral part of the creative process
1: was, uh, yeah it's, in a way musicians were like lockdown you say
0: though <laughs> yeah. everyone's dying and the world's on fire talk dirty to me <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. Oh, Rome's burning. Give me my fucking fiddle.
1: You know. Where's my composition book?
0: Yeah. Where's that? Where's that fucking marble <laughs> ass from CVS? My felt tip pencil. Okay. It wa it was really strange though. Uh-huh. Because there was a I don't know if you remember this. But there was like a slew of records right at the beginning of the pandemic that like <laughs> spoke eerily. Like the one that there were others, but the one that sticks out in my mind is uh, Fiona Apple's "Fetch the Bolt Cutters."
1: Oh yeah, um, it, was,
0: it was it right. was just the most amazing record, and it's the just it's it's weird because it was going it's it's about being holed up in your house and like be all these insane things and being alone with your own thoughts and she you know bang a lot of the percussion on the in the album is just her and a pair of drumsticks literally hitting the wall yeah in her house and like but this was all recorded in like two years leading up to the pandemic
1: yeah yeah and
0: so it's like had no idea but then it came out right as we were like in full lockdown and the refrain of the title track is fetch the bolt cutters i've been in here too long and it and that and like the whole album it was just like this crazy but i remember there were a few records like that where it's like (laughs) yeah just this crazy
1: it's like it's all the simpsons like
0: yeah
1: yeah literally Maybe maybe. she
0: is a writer for The Simpsons,
1: (laughs) man. Maybe. She does Uh, a
0: lot of weird shit. You never know.
1: Yeah. But you're right. Um, And it's weird because, like, there was even some tracks or some music that was coming out that was not necessarily, maybe not, like, super eerily, like, related to the pandemic, but we still, or at least I do this thing where I think, you know, we all have this thing where music is very timestamp-like, like, You hear a certain song, and you're like, like, oh, I know where I was when I was, like, first getting into this song. Yeah, there
0: are certain songs I, like, can't
1: listen to. Yeah, and especially from that time. Yeah,
0: well, like, especially for me, like, if I have a song that's, like, was a big part of my friendship with a certain person, Mm. and I'm, like, not friends with that person... Yeah. On like not the greatest of terms, like a lot of times I can't listen to that music. Like I first heard it in in uh, in middle school, but I just recently, like two weeks ago, was able to listen to In the Airplane Over the Sea by Neutral Milk Hotel Mm. since I was a sophomore in college. Cause I, there was some people I was friends with and that was a really big part of our thing. And then, you know, life happened and sure and stuff happens and that music would just make me think of everything I did with those folks. And so yeah, you're right. It is incredibly like, but that can also be very positive, you
1: know? Certainly. (laughs) Certainly. I remember, and it was funny, like, I remember like when I first moved to New York, um, last you know february 2020 an ideal time to move to new york city yeah um, mm. uh, <laughs> one one of the first like a big record that just came out was doja cats hot pink and uh, yeah mm. and i was like bopping it like oh like yeah because it just came out and i wasn't like a he. i mean i wasn't like a doja like i wasn't all over or anything but like yeah. i was very aware this record was coming out and i was excited for it <clears throat> and so I felt like I, I was on I was ready for the release. It was the first time I heard say so, and I was like this song is, yeah that that song is hard it it's such a and and so like my first <coughs> first like month or so I was in New York city, didn't even have my own apartment yet, just walking around, just flailing my arms, hoping for something to happen it was a lot of that time was spent listening to that record uh and that uh, song and but like, but it also was kind of it's like half that, but also half like I was still rocking it when the pandemic hit, so it's kind of yeah. like I feel yeah. a little bit ashamed about
0: it, <laughs> yeah. I uh, a, th- a thing, a thing that, um, and my senior year of college was probably like just the worst year, it's like single year of my life, and, and like. And you know a, a, a lot about that and my housing situation just wasn't ideal or good. I just wasn't, I wasn't enjoying school and it wasn't in yep. a, a good place. Um, but there's certain albums back then that like, it's weird. Like instead of, instead of, <coughs> excuse me, yeah. instead of, um, me not being able to listen to them because they got, they were with me in that painful period. They're incredibly comforting. Yeah. To go (laughs) back and listen to like, there's two records in particular. Um, The second bleachers record uh, gone now. Yeah. um, Was a big one and 22, a million by Bon Iver. Oh oh, yeah. Huge. Yeah. Yeah. Huge, yeah.
1: um,
0: in In every way for me,
1: Mm, but
0: just really got me through that period. Also, yeah. And then,
1: and yeah. Do you
0: you have any albums like that in particular that stick out to you? as like,
1: um, yeah. Well, especially especially, you know, kind of the idea of like some um, a record being. A positive for you. Like, yeah. You needed it. Yeah. Was actually, and not not very long after Doja Cat's release, it was in April when uh, Lady Gaga put out Chromatica. Yeah. And, um,
0: oh, what a good record.
1: Yeah. And I'm actually, and like, you know, I mean, dumb <laughs> wrong. I, I love Lady Gaga. Like, yeah. But she's just not usually in my, she's not like a go to, like, listen for me all the time. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I love her music. It's nothing. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. I remember, I it was right right around this time. The pandemic was when I started. Like, I was like, I'm just gonna take a lot of walks to the Central Park or whatever, and like, mm-hmm. I don't because that's all you could really do.
0: So. I envy you. You get those good New York walks. Yeah. <laughs> what can I? <laughs> I'm I'm stuck here in suburbia, just walking <laughs> through these um, <coughs> plastic. <laughs> plastic boxes
1: <laughs> i mean i mean yeah don't be wrong it's it's great but i mean you sometimes you see some shit so like yeah both literally and figuratively so like
0: yeah. i hope people can put up with this i'm gonna have to tell them i i'm smoking weed in the intro so that they don't think i have tuberculosis or covid yeah. or some shit
1: let preface the weed cough and we're we're good to go yeah
0: it's for, weed cough. <laughs> it's for chronic pain it's for (laughs) chronic pain it is actually for chronic pain but well that's that's for the intro we'll talk about that later um the um i'm sorry we'll get back to your album i just have a lot of shit that i wanted to get your thoughts on air about oh yeah and Mm -hmm. uh and this is the main thing um this is what i was waiting to tell you on the air um have you heard the latest uh all right i have to do I have to do a thing real quick, okay. And you'll you'll know the thing when okay. I start to do it, and you can help me. But okay. so Michael and I have a really long, and intense, and complicated relationship with a certain Mister Kanye West. <laughs>
1: um, Correct. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah. Would you, you would you say that's accurate? I, uh, I would say
1: most studies have shown.
0: Uh, yeah. Um, and it, It's also weirdly been a building block kind of of our relationship. Just how much, because for me up to a certain point, he really, and I know, oh God, surprise, another white boy who loves hip hop says this, but like he really broke rap for me, like broke open rap for me, yep. as a white idiot from the suburbs. Same. And um, and he and he kind of because he broke open rap for me, and that broke open hip hop, and listening to hip hop changed the way I listened to music. Um, he kind of changed the way I listened to music. Would you say that's true for you?
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, definitely. I mean, he was definitely, you know, for me, um, very much in, uh, an, an artist who really I first got into in that genre. And, you know, whether we have the, the fact that he was so mainstream, to thank for that, probably. Yeah. But but yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, yes. I mean, yeah. he also just
0: indisputably used things that um, nobody ever nobody ever used on a hip hop record, and he yeah. used them so well. Like he made a song that was built around the piece of. A piece of the chorus of a Steely Dan song. Yeah, I you mean, remember Champion? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, and so it's like, and like he was able to reach people that no hip hop artist could reach. Like uh, the New York Times ran a glowing editorial piece on Jesus, written by Lou Reed.
1: Yeah, like that's gonna so, crazy. Yeah,
0: so like the uh, and he like he like talked about him being on like another plane as an artist. So like, and I promise this is not about to. I promise you and the one and a half people listening to this that this is not about to become a Kanye simping podcast. No, I'm just trying to contextualize like how much he means to and why I can never fully step away
1: right i mean i could probably definitely say that kanye was the first hip hop or maybe the first artist period to introduce me not just to hip hop but to sampling like like literally oh, absolutely because you know it wasn't until i heard uh touch the sky that I heard of Curtis Mayfield, sadly.
0: Yeah. I mean, no, but it did. That's, that's what happens for a lot of people. And then you hear things like this is unrelated, but you hear things that just make you realize things about production. Cause like, say somebody used a sample and they fucked with it a certain way. And then you find out what they did to it and what they took it from. And then you go listen to the original and it like bridges the gap and you have this whole world of stuff that you're now connected to. Like, for example, um, did you know that the, uh, the beat of loyalty by Kendrick Lamar is the drum track of 24 karat magic by bruno mars played backwards
1: and at half speed i had, i had no idea yeah
0: that's how that song came about is kendrick was sitting <laughs> in a kendrick was sitting in a studio one day with i think i don't know i'll fact check this and talk about it in the outro um kendrick was sitting in a studio one day with or I could just fucking Google it. I'm sitting in front of a computer. Kendrick was sitting in a studio one day with, I think it was Soundwave. Okay. And uh, and they somebody just played 24 Karat Magic. And he just was like, Soundwave was just like, I like that beat. And then he played... The beat of the drum beat of loyalty for Kendrick, and Kendrick was like, "That's sick," and then he was like, "Yeah, it's twenty-four karat magic," and Kendrick was like, "What?" and then he Kendrick was like, "Play it again," and he played it again, and then Kendrick didn't say anything else, but he stood up and looked at Soundwave and said, "I'm gonna get Rihanna on this." And then walked out of the room.
1: It was like, call up bad girl Riri. It's bad. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's, but
0: it's interesting to me. Um, I But I don't know. So yeah, it's just interesting to me how this whole world of st- Like when you learn something like that. And you go back and listen to 24 karat magic. And you like, I've recently just learned how to with the channels on certain things when I'm listening to music so yeah. like I can more isolate certain things and right. so if I go to if I go to 24 karat magic and just turn the drums up like it, it, it's interesting to think about
1: yeah that's
0: sorry uh, I'm talking a lot
1: no you're good man I had, <laughs> this is your podcast uh, <laughs> you're
0: the guest I should be more. If effacing
1: yeah. um, no yeah that's a good point and I mean I, I had no idea that there was that much like it's weird like when you hear something like yeah he played this beat backwards and then like mixed it and put a filter <laughs> on it now yeah it's, like, it's like, fucking crazy it's literally
0: backwards half speed and they just fucking like put like five or six different reverbs on it but that's like, a
1: huge like that's a huge tool, I think, in music production and exploration. Like some, of the, like, some of the stuff that happens on my EP, even, like, instrumentally, was I sent Michael, like, I was like, okay, here are the instrumentals I came up with and what I kind of want to do, but I, I was, but, and you know, and his job as producer is to, like, fine-tune it and kind of make it a little bit, just shape it a little bit more. Yeah. And, and he would send me back some stuff it would sound really good, but what he would did, it'd you know, be like, he took my vocal, he like crunched it, and then he put like a high pass filter on it, so now it's got this like muted, like warbly, like it's basically at the end of the day just sound, but it's still your music. You know? Can I can I tell you
0: something weird Go for about it? my reaction to your record? Yeah. Um, I hated it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um,
1: uh, <laughs> no, Awesome, <laughs> uh, um,
0: but I um know the title track when I first heard you sing it, yeah, 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 and the the just the way it sounds, I um I I, I thought about it and the vocal and this has become weirdly kind of like an insult in modern culture, but like you and I both love this music. So I think, you know what I mean when I say this, I, there was a lot of like the pitch was very exact and there was a lot, there was total like straight tone, like not a lot of vibrato and the lyrics were very good, but very straightforward and colloquial. And it was, it was really kind of emo it really kind of put me in the mind of like an emo record
1: no that's and actually like it's pretty funny you say that because i i mean as, as i've told you before and as you know that i famously was in a punk band in high school yes yes and uh we have really good like <laughs> like we have like really good recording i i they are sitting in the depths of my parents' computer yeah. at home. I will harvest Dude, those. Dude, put comics. that out. No, I, wait,
0: wait till you're famous and do it as, like, a special limited edition.
1: That's probably what I should do, to be
0: honest. Or um, give the recordings to me and let me chop them up and make weird songs yeah.
1: with them. Absolutely. We can We can make We can make both things out. Yeah. Like, those, are, those ideas can coexist. Um, yeah. yeah. But also... Uh, no, go ahead. I was going to say that it, it's funny because, as a songwriter, especially um, especially when I started to make stuff that was meant to be solo, like meant to be just me, I had a I had a really hard time not writing pop punk, not writing punks, uh huh, and punk melody because I've been writing <laughs> for so long. And like, <laughs> I, as, as hard as I, I I literally had to practice, like to try to not write a punk sound for a while. There. Yeah. Because it just, it, like inevitably it would just end up sounding punk and it would, or whatever. And um, actually when I started recording uh, Lonely, which is the fourth track on the record, my producer was like he actually asked me and i had never told him he was like he was like were you ever in like a band or anything i was like yeah i was like i already kind of knew where it was going but i was like why and he was, he was like you sound kind of like this sound very like you sound kind of like punk here like you sound kind of like it's a little bit i don't think he's an emo but he basically said <laughs> something to that effect and yeah like,
0: it it sounded very like uh, Cause we, I, I obviously like I said to be clear with the listeners. Um, Mike actually lived with me for a quite a while in in my house in Birmingham. So, and we've known each other for years before that. We we had a we had a collective we had a vision of collective insanity called the University of Montevallo. <laughs> the like yeah that overlap that overlapped for a couple of years and so we go way back uh and and his lovely partner Shelby um but we we go way back so I knew that about you and I knew we had all we were always jamming out to like taking back Sunday oh, former is. formerly brand new although eek get into that um <laughs> But uh we were always jamming out to some emo shit and like we yeah. we didn't listen to it that much, but we had even talked about back in the day shit like Hawthorne Heights and shit like that. Yeah. Yeah. So I uh Yeah, what a throwback, right? So I gave uh so I, I heard that immediately it was when I heard that song, I was like there's the there's the emo kid, you, it, yeah. It like it. You can you can buy as many synthesizers as you want, but like <laughs> the emo kid fucking stays in there. You can take the vans off. You can all the, you can buy all the synthesizers, but he, he never said, leaves. He never leaves, bro. He never leaves. It's. <laughs> It's weird, because I think you know me, and you guys will get to know me. Um, I'm kind of a beatnik. Um, I don't really like to call myself a hippie, because I think the there were a lot of people who did good things who were associated, but, like, I think hippies in general, as a movement, were just kind of rich white kids. Um or well-off white kids kind of fucking around. Yeah. Um, but I you, I guess I'm somewhat of a eccentric or a beatnik or whatever you want to call it. Um, but, like, I also... My brother was a... Or my sibling was a total emo kid uh, growing up. And so... Yeah. And they loved a lot of they loved a lot of that weird shit like the band's warp tour like low on the bill (laughs) and yeah they loved a lot of that shit yeah r.i.p to (laughs) to the hottest and most uncomfortable but weirdly most functionally efficient music festival i've ever been to
1: It was my first one.
0: It was, it was, that was a weirdly magical thing. My God, I wish I could have gone that, that year. Um, Joan Jett was on Warp Tour. Can you imagine?
1: Uh, Yeah.
0: Taking Back Sunday and like fucking,
1: that was a, one of the good
0: Screamo bands and like Joan Jett.
1: I mean, it was a great, I mean, especially if you were, grew up in that era when Vans Warped Tour was a particularly hot thing to go to literally because I went to it in Atlanta my god yeah
0: yeah uh, like let's do it that was the that was the when I say the most functionally efficient that was with the one major exception of the fact that they would do the festival in a parking lot in Atlanta
1: the fact that we all day had a in the fact July. that every attendee had a reasonable chance of heat stroke uh, yeah because no but they were like there were like there were like one out of every
0: six kids was comfortable wearing shorts at the van's warp tour so yeah. like they were all in long pants and in all the yeah. band shirt most of the band shirts were short sleeve though so that's
1: good Fresh off the, the scene kid era, which is kind Oof. of like late, late, late 2000s. And to be honest, I, I think that really only spanned like a year or two. That, that was a pretty <laughs> niche, very specific like time period of bands. Yeah. Hell yeah. And
0: then if they did another Warp Tour like post pandemic, like once everything like really calms down, they can really do it anybody would say yes it doesn't matter if they were like we're going to do one and it's going to be like a best of retrospective and then like booya and yeah. like anybody yep. would say yes um and like i would i would like fight a dude to go to that
1: oh most definitely cuz i only I, I mind you i only went to warp tour one year and it was a great year but like I, it was kind of crazy to me how like it wasn't too long it was like maybe like three or four years later when it when it officially was like oh can't do Warp Tour anymore and that was, yeah
0: that was so sad but was, i reme- but i yeah. remember the last like two or three years were really rough like not
1: great yeah, and I think they had ran into some financial trouble, which makes oh, sense. Oh
0: yeah, they went broke. Which makes which sense. makes sense. But like it, when I say functionally efficient too, for those of the two of you that were listening, if that are listening, if neither of you ever went to warp tour, um there's uh it was amazing because they would have this stage set up and it would be like it would be like I'm just gonna pull up a band name out of my ass. Like cute is what we aim for. <laughs> <laughs> is, that was perfect. That was is perfect. on yeah. the <laughs> so stage of oh this at 330. And I swear you get there at three at the stroke of three thirty and they would start playing like it was the most it was crazy and you would never expect that of like an alt like scene show yes the, the way they formatted regular alt scene shows was stupid as fuck to me because i thought like having like four bands on one bill was the dumb is the dumbest shit like unless it's like a fest a mini festival like yeah. I like, I like, a, give me a good opener, maybe two if you got one that wants to play a real short set, but like, right. but like, but like, it was like, by the time the headliner got on, they were there for like 80 or 90 minutes, if you're lucky. And it's like, yeah, this shit
1: that was, and that was kind of the interesting thing about, something like Warped Tour was because a lot of those bands were considered big names at the time and um but it was like you got a very quick taste of it and it was gone it was, it was very yeah uh, but uh i but you're so right like the weirdest schedules I remember when we went there because uh I, I don't know if this was always the case with Vans Warped Tour but we had a very hard time accessing like the actual like schedule of when certain bands were on and aware because they get like uh they um yeah we cause we they um there's so many stages you know there's usually like like twelve to fourteen stages something yeah crazy.
0: they they went insane, they pulled a really high number
1: uh and uh. And uh, yeah, the, the crazy thing about it was I remember the year we, I went with some friends who were actually my bandmates at the time. Um, we went. And what was
0: your band called?
1: We were. We were <laughs> called Feels Like Fall.
0: Oh God. Yeah, you were. That is incredible. Look was Feel that? Out, look out in 2022 for the Feels Like Fall reunion tour. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Coming to a band's outlet store near you. Yes,
0: coming to a journey's near you. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs>
1: <laughs> anyway. Uh, but, but I remember, like, literally we pulled up at, like, you know, 8 a.m. because that's when they literally started the day. Yeah. Uh, and I remember we were walking around and we heard this violin in the distance. <laughs> and we were like holy shit it's yellow card
0: <laughs> uh, oh, yeah it is
1: <laughs> because
0: who, who else at to
1: tour had a violin exactly <laughs> yeah listen like yellow card i mean staple staple punk emo band yeah
0: yeah yeah they were never my thing but yeah i reckon i give them their space
1: for sure and- um, and no, you're right. Literally nobody had a violent. Yeah, fight.
0: it's not like it's not like goddamn Dave Matthews band is fucking playing a set at warp tour. Like,
1: it's wouldn't, like that, wouldn't
0: that have been wild one year oh my if, like God, the, the right? headliners were like the devil wears Prada and the <laughs> Dave Matthews band, like oh fucking yikes. Or if like or if like this seems likelier to actually happen because they're whimsical as shit. If like fish jumped on warp Tour and they gave them a whole night to play like two full sets of this <laughs> psychedelic freak music that all these emo kids are just like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> oh, that's good. I got to write that sketch. That's good.
1: That's that's funny. I remember, this is really- Fish weird.
0: Headlines, Fish
1: Headlines warp Tour. I remember, you're, you're going to love this, for my 16th birthday. Oh, God, yeah, lay it on me, lay it on me. This is hilarious, this is hilarious. My parents got me, for my 16th birthday, um, a weight bench. <laughs> <laughs> With no weights, just the bench. <laughs> and it gets better. <laughs> not one, not two, not three, but four fish albums. Oh man! Um, the funny thing about this was I had never heard of Fish at that point in time. Oh man! What and they're is... just like. They were just like, oh, we heard they were a popular band. (laughs) Have fun fun lifting nothing to the sound
0: of fish. (laughs) I'm sorry. Do you remember what the, as a fish fan, I have to ask,
1: do you remember what the records were? I don't know. Like, I think they literally got <laughs> a discount store. So in a way, it was like their good records.
0: I, yeah. Where, did, my, do you remember if they were live or studio? I I want to say it was a combination. Like, oh god. I'm just I, thinking of you like putting on some weird ass early fish show from like 97 and they're doing some pre arranged acapella bullshit while John Fishman <laughs> is literally playing a vacuum cleaner. <laughs> <laughs> like they used to do a song where they would sing and he would like suck rhythmically on a vacuum cleaner. Oh my. And so I'm just imagining you sitting there li- li- thinking about imagining
1: weights and listening to John Fishman play of the vacuum cleaner it's kind of like sound like the shittiest performance art piece you've ever seen it, it really
0: does it really does it sounds like later era Yoko Ono like, I don't, I don't, like here's a TV that looks at the sky uh, oh my
1: god thank you
0: I, very much
1: I'm, I'm literally looking at like uh I'm just on Apple Music, looking at like some Fish albums to see if I recognize. <laughs> I, I don't think I held on to these albums for very long. No, so. I, d- I
0: don't blame you. That is a terrible way to be initiated into a band that requires re- it requires finesse.
1: Yeah, you
0: know. Uh- wait oh my god we got on a tangent we've been the tangent central here i'm doing a terrible job at promoting your album no, i'm sorry okay. um but uh <laughs> but uh he's got an ep remember it it's there it's out um, there um it's called Gokata, i know that now um <laughs> look at look at me learning things on my own podcast
1: check out the big brain on brad see <laughs>
0: <laughs> see mom it's not just about me um <laughs> but uh i i didn't need i forgot to tell you the thing i waited to on air to tell you
1: oh my god we, we came that far from that yeah tangented
0: sorry. on con no we, we, we it's, it's, we're, we're doing this as a team and it's going great. I'm loving it, but I want to, I want to so. tell you this. Uh, but so Kanye, we love him, but we've been like everybody with a brain. We've become exhausted with him. I think over yeah. the past few years and since the life of Pablo, this is my, this is my, this is my, um, opinion and correct me if you feel differently since the life of pablo with the exception of kids see ghosts everything he's put out has been garbage
1: uh yes i will i would say i would say on the whole yeah yeah Uh, because although a lot of people like like (laughs) don't like this record i actually enjoyed yay or at least parts of yay really Uh, i just uh I liked a lot of the beats and the
0: music on yay every time, every time he, and I actually really liked, I thought about killing you. I thought that was a really interesting track. And, uh, but then other than that, on the record, every, I would be like vibing. And then every time he opened his mouth, I would be like, Oh, we're fucked.
1: Yeah. There were, there were some moments like that. I, but I will say that like, Every like, if we're talking post Pablo, yeah, that violent crimes I very much think is one of his best songs post that era.
0: Yeah, I mean the beat is hard. It kind of like the lyrics are kind of disturbing to me from a psychological point of view, but they're well, they're (laughs) they're really well constructed. Uh, but that song just kind of scares me for his children. So I don't or like, and I'm not like, not that everybody should feel that way, but that's just how my weird brain reacts to it. But it's definitely one of the better constructed songs
1: for yeah. sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah, definitely, definitely on that record. Um, and of course, Kids See Ghost was, was really fun and refreshing. this was um i I think it was i
0: I think that was a lot of his best work as a producer since probably like jesus
1: well yeah because i'm not sure if you remember but at that time both of those projects were part of seven seven i think different projects that were being released through his label
0: yeah yeah i remember them all because i listened to them all and i don't I, I didn't like any of them except for Daytona and, I like it. Ki, and kids see ghosts.
1: And um, I, I, I feel like, uh, okay, you got it, I'm sorry. No,
0: you go ahead.
1: I was going to say, I did also like, I mean, I didn't like the album on, <laughs> as a whole, but I did like, that was my introduction to um, Teyana Taylor as an artist.
0: Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I love every song on that album. But I the album as a whole, like you said, just really fucks me up because she said, like, I she just literally didn't get to make the album that she thought she was going to make. Because she was like, we had, like, a bunch of other songs that were, like, well ready to be on the album. But it was, like, he was into this weird, like, conceptual, like, seven track all killer no filler thing and he just was single-minded about that but like to me on a, to me on a lot of the albums it ended up being mostly filler and not a lot of killer
1: you know? right it's, i mean it's kind of like that whole like just the idea is if every song is supposed to be a killer song then then what is the killer song at, at the end of the day yeah me on like I mean we all we all want to put out albums that have great songs on it, but part of the reason you have deep cuts and songs like that is to highlight other music sometimes yeah,
0: know? absolutely, and like i think I think Pusha is a really good rapper, I think Kanye produced a lot of stuff really well on yeah. Daytona. <laughs> Mm -hmm. um the the cover art thing is a little weird i'm sorry i keep like judging all these artists on this podcast
1: no yeah it was wasn't it like whitney houston's like 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 bathroom was like at the crime scene or yeah
0: um it was her bathroom um after they photographed it when she got busted the first time so it was like the photo (laughs) with like the crack pipe
1: and yeah, the, that was, all
0: that kind of stuff.
1: There was there was a point I think with the production of those other of records that were coming out in that series where things started to feel a little like like maybe forced is a way to put it. I don't know. Yeah, but I, KSG
0: is 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 the move though. Yeah, that record "See Ghosts" is an I mean,
1: incredible was, record. That was my favorite thing Cuddy had done in a while. Um, because I wasn't a big fan of, what was it called? It's called like Passion something. Passion,
0: Pain, and Demon Slaying. Thank
1: you, thank you yeah. Yeah,
0: it's got a couple well, of tracks on it.
1: Yeah, like, you know, surfing's fun. Yeah. I wasn't a huge fan of that record on the whole... Like, you know, it's it pretty much been since Man yeah. on the Moon that I was really into Cuddy, so...
0: Yeah, I mean, I like a lot of his records because I think he takes a lot of risks. I thought Man on the Moon 3 was weak as fuck. It had some interesting... I was really interested, and in it had some... In, it read his return to the Man on the Moon ethos because I really like both of the Man on the Moon records, actually. Yeah. Uh, and... uh and so i was really excited by that and i was really excited by some of the features but the record was just really forgettable
1: um yeah yeah i i i I admit you know because you kind of know right like you get really excited about a release you listen to it and then for me the good litmus test is like but did i go back to it and i have not gone back to it yeah ever and it has one of my favorite people on it. Phoebe
0: Bridgers, I love you. Let's get married. I forgot I forgot she's on that record. Yeah. Of course you did. you <laughs> <laughs> <That's laughs> <the point. laughs> but but Phoebe, you're into chicks, which is fine. I'm not trying to say you should not be who you are. Um exactly. but let's get but let's get married. It's fine. Yeah. Um yeah. but um but, so, fuck, what I've been trying to tell you for the past, oh like, we hour, need, we we'll, get this out. we'll never get there, is that, so, we love Kanye, we've been exhausted. Uh, Michael and I experienced, we, well, sorry, we used to love Kanye. We've been not active fans for a long time, but can't help but stay curious.
1: Um, <laughs> I miss the old Kanye.
0: Yes, I straight from the Soul Kanye. Um, yeah, um, but like, so Michael and I sort of because I didn't have anyone else here with me, and just because I already have an Apple music subscription, I never would have paid for this in any way, shape or form. Um, Michael and I sort of experienced the Donda album stream together. Or more so, we experienced the two hours of the lack of the Donda album stream yep. together. And um, so we, you all know what happened. You've all seen the, um, the news items about it. He came out and egomaniacally prowled <laughs> around in a tight circle of light in a designer red latex outfit with a stocking over his face while the album blared on speakers a lot of the songs weren't finished he came out two and a half hours late yada yada you know all you know we all know this but (laughs) have you read that this motherfucker is living in Mercedes Benz stadium Okay, you read it, but I'm glad we waited till on the podcast to talk about it because what the fuck?
1: Yeah. <clears throat> I
0: heard about it. I heard about it like right after it first happened, and we didn't know what was going on because a guy that I do comedy with, if you're in Birmingham, I do comedy. I'll talk about that more in the intro and the outro. Um, a guy that I do comedy with did a, he talked about it at a mic on Monday. Um, and he was like, I don't even really have a joke for this. I just needed to talk about it. <laughs> and, I, and I was like, I wonder what he's like talking about. like, if it's for real. And so I looked it up and that motherfucker is living in Mercedes Benz stadium. And I looked it up today before because I knew I wanted to talk to you about it on here, and he's still there.
1: He's still there.
0: He's still there. And he's been spotted at soccer matches at the stadium wearing the same
1: fit from the listening party. <laughs> Can you imagine you're, you're just at an Atlanta United game – with your I don't know wife and two kids and you're just your little unknowing child just blurts out mommy who's that man in the red jacket like, like oh honey that's
0: that's Kanye West the legend the legend of Bagger Vance part just, two just, um,
1: yay. <laughs> the
0: legend of bagger Vance part two and I love that it's like
1: the you know, of they, West. I'm loving these memes though. They're showing the room he's staying in. It's like dudes really be living like this and think it's okay. And I'm yeah. like, what? they're right. <laughs> yeah, it's true.
0: But like, dog. And now I realized he's built a studio in the motherfucker, and he's not le- he's not leaving the stadium until the album's finished, which was supposed to be a week ago. But, you know, Kanye, Um, this just I hope he doesn't pull what he did with Ye and make a decent album and then scrap it all in favor of some bullshit he recorded at the last minute.
1: I mean, can you imagine having being isolated in a um, I would say a compound in Jackson Hole, Wyoming? and uh, riding dune buggies around the ranch or whatever the hell he was doing and being like no this isn't isolated enough
0: yeah i need to do
1: i need to go to mercedes-benz in atlanta georgia i need to go
0: i need to go to my (laughs) i need to go to the place of my birth oh that's cool Kanye. so you're gonna like get a house in atlanta and really get some help and, like, pull yourself together. It's like, nah, I'm having a listening party, and I'm living in the stadium, and I'm not coming out until the record's finished, and I got a stocking on my face. And it's like, of course he does. Of course he wouldn't return to his birthplace after making an album about his mother the logical way. He has to do it. The insane way
1: <laughs> <laughs> like of all the places you could' I, you're, you're, you know it's just it's just like the the guy that you did stand up with was like there's really no, I don't have anything to say about it <laughs> <laughs> like
0: I guess that chicken joint I saw on camera during the live stream on the third floor must really be going to fuck off
1: oh my god i i don't have anything to say that I, I can't i can't i don't I don't have anything to say anymore. i
0: just needed to experience this with someone who is
1: of a similar mind to I, me and yeah because it's like we are all for a couple of years now i mean i don't know some of us have a hard time quitting kanye than others but like yeah i was at a point with this one where i was just like i mean luckily i'm i'm at a healthy distance distant It's like you know i don't yeah i don't care if it comes out soon frankly i love other good <laughs> beliefs coming out soon yeah. as they have a shot putting out an album soon i'm kind of excited about that like like let's let's focus on the musicians who are doing things tactfully yeah and, and when they say they're going to like like that seems like a more honorable thing to do here
0: (laughs) um but like i don't know it was just like for me it was a confluence of circumstances like like i had heard weirdly now i know i got my ass beat because i know not to trust fucking simps on the internet but i had heard a bunch of positive stuff from people who were at the initial listening party in Vegas, um, just through chatting with them and stuff. And, uh, so, and one guy was like, he's going to be on some dark fantasy Mm -hmm. shit. So I, and so I was like, okay, cool. That makes me kind of excited. And like, he stopped saying ridiculous bullshit recently. And like, and then he announced he was doing a live stream in Atlanta. Um, and I was like, and they said it was going to be on Apple music. And I was like, I've already got Apple music. I'm not doing anything that night. Why the fuck not? If yeah. he doesn't come out or if he shows up late, haha, which I knew he would. Um, uh, if he doesn't come out or if he shows up late, it doesn't matter to me. Cause I didn't pay for shit that I didn't already have. And yeah. If the album's bad, I'll just turn it off, which is what I did. Um but so it was but I felt so bad for everybody that bought tickets. Um yeah. and and I was like and I was like, this is it. This is real this is the guard. this is the album. And like this is the stuff. Have you heard any of it?
1: Uh I no. I so first of all, so when I I was texting you like as it happened. I was at work. I was like, I've got a thirty-minute break. And I know how to waste it. I'm gonna. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, Nothing happened. I got off of work. Not too much later. I tuned back in. There was something, but it was like I think I was just fed up. I I turned off like ten seconds. Like it's like no, I'm not. I'm not jumping into this and just sadly listening to the rest of whatever is happening right now. It, yeah. sounded, it sounded like it was probably kind of cool, but I was like, you know what? It's not It's not worth it. There were not- some funky moments. I listened to, like,
0: and I wasn't just like, fuck this shit and turn it off, which I wouldn't have blamed me for because he came out two and a half hours late. But um, I yeah. lis- I listened to about not counting... He had, first of all, I didn't listen to the first, I listened to maybe the first half of the record, and in the time that I listened, there were maybe four and a half, not four and a half, there were maybe like four interludes of his mother speaking. Just in the half of the yeah. album that I listened, that's that, that's what I had heard. That's and I, heard. I was like, "Oh my god!" And and it wasn't about different stuff. It was all about how great her son was and the greatness of her oh. son. And I was like, and I was like, okay,
1: all see, right. Um, see, and here, and actually, I'm about to make a big. Uh, I'm going to circle back on this for a second. Yeah, uh, please do. But uh, the last time I heard the voice of an artist's mother wisely done a record was Frank Ocean's Blonde. And that was amazing. It was voicemails from his mom pretty much just berating him. Not praising him. Those were hilarious. His mom just telling him about the dangers of weed, alcohol, and everything else and how he's ungrateful. Yeah. And... Basically, he's not paying for shit. And yeah, <laughs> yeah, and it was—it's the best. It's so and, and real, it's awesome because like that's like something we can all relate to, like we or like to like our our mothers like sh- going sh- off us about something. Yeah, um,
0: and like I don't even really love this record or this artist at this phase in his career, but like when mm-hmm. Jay Z had his mom literally come out on the 444 record that yeah. was insanely powerful yeah and read that piece of poetry that she wrote and like I said I'm not a huge Jay-Z fan I mean I think his his wife who is not even a rapper by trade is a better rapper than him at this point. <laughs> um yeah but um uh, I think Um, but I did want to ask you real quick. I know I've had you on a long time. I don't want to keep you too much longer. You're
1: good, man. You're good.
0: Um, but I did want to ask you circling back to what you're actually here for. Um, did you, did you have any, uh, do you have any vision for what you might want to do in a live setting with this music or is it? Is it um, not something you envision in a live setting? Or?
1: So uh, I actually have some, I actually have some like breaking news to dispel here. Oh on, man, on the air.: Dropping
0: uh, the bomb.
1: That, that this just happened like literally two or three hours before we got on.
0: Truly uh, extraordinary.
1: And uh, I, I'm Truly actually. I'm actually booked for my first live show. Oh uh, shit! City at, um at th- now, mind you, I will I will preface it like the show. the sh- The show itself won't it won't be big acts. I'm like playing with. Yeah. But the venues, the venues, pretty legendary. I'm Which actually, venue is it? I'm playing at the uh, the Bowery Electric and holy
0: Nova. mother of God!
1: And uh, yeah, that's sick.
0: When is that gonna be?
1: That's gonna be. August 16th.
0: The uh, I was hoping it was later. So I, I know in it, the city. It, it
1: just happened. Um, uh, the venue, I mean, it's a small venue, but I mean, it's a place where like the Ramones got their start. Yeah, uh,
0: yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I think Lou Reed, I, well, Lou Reed probably didn't get a start there, but he played yeah.
0: there. He's got an album that was recorded there, actually. Yeah. I, I'll, I'll send it to you if you want.
1: Yeah, I would love that. Um, Some vibes but it's kind of hilarious because like I was contacted about this possible show like yesterday and I was like, yeah, I'm interested. Let me know. Um, And uh, I didn't really, I didn't have a context of how soon it was going to be happening. So that's something I'm having to deal with at the moment, but uh, no, but so to get that back to your question about uh, these songs in a live. So I
0: guess, I I guess, yes.
1: uh, Yeah. Well, I'm actually, so after this call, about two hours after this call, I'm actually getting on another call with my producer, Michael Mayo, who I've formally mentioned produced the album because we're going to be constructing essentially performance tracks off of the record that I already have. out. Oh, sick. Um, so that'll be very interesting for me as something, you know, (laughs) as somebody whose music career live has primarily been in a band where all the music is, um, or most of the music was not electronic at all, and it was all being produced by our instruments in actual time. This will be my first. I mean, I'm going to be playing guitar a lot live anyway, with the tracks or something. But yeah. this will be the first time I'm dealing with a lot of tech side that I've never really dealt with before.
0: <clears throat> so hell yeah. That
1: being said, yeah, I'm I'm excited about that, but I also I'm very 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 freshly figuring out what i want to do about this ep in a live scenario
0: that's super super fun well you heard it here first folks the one or two of you that are listening in are lucky catch mike summers august 16th uh at the bowery electric in new york city Use pre-sale code. I ain't got none because neither of us have that much clout. Nope.
1: <laughs> um,
0: but get your tickets anyway. Um, I would get them if I was there. Um,
1: 15 in advance, 20 at the door. That's all I know.
0: 15 in advance, 20 at the door. That ain't shit for y'all folks that live in New York. I know that. Pay more than that for a damn hamburger shit.
1: Yeah, for a damn coffee in the morning. Um, shit.
0: Get your tickets. I don't want I don't wanna hear no excuses. He's not gonna be rude to you because he's gotta promote the show, but I can be rude. I don't wanna hear no excuses. Get your fucking tickets.
1: It's gonna be it's gonna be fun. It should be I mean, because you know, they already have if you go to the Bowery's website, um, it has a list of like upcoming stuff and there's there there are things ahead of the show that are not that are already announced. So which leads me to believe that this is a pretty on the fly production um it'll be me and a lot of local acts but i'm excited for it i mean yeah again
0: will be i think
1: it's a little weird like wow like the bowery electric we're we're here okay yeah yeah (laughs) we're here man look at me mom on top of the world um
0: but no i think you i don't want to say too much here but i think you know that uh me and the city have what is hopefully a uh, a budding relationship, and yep. uh, I uh, I hope uh, if I if I get up to the city, if you ever need a hype man, oh, um, let be, me let me know.
1: I'll be on speed dial,
0: and I will be I will be there in a heartbeat. Um, well, folks, I've had him on here a long time. He's been a gentleman and a scholar. Um, um, It's been really fun. Oh, fucking, I don't need to do this plug. He doesn't need me. But I want to get also John Mayer. Listen to this podcast. My number one goal is to get you on this podcast. We will have so much. We will have so much fun, John Mayer. I promise. But also, listen to Young Thug's Tiny Desk concert.
1: Yes. Because it
0: goes off.
1: I can't endorse it enough. I mean, not only is it, like, from an audio standpoint, amazing. Also, the set is crazy. Yeah, I
0: don't know where they are. I was like, he does the die slowly, and I was like, he's in Italy? But then... I watched an interview with him and he talked about a couple years ago when he wrote that in a hotel room in Italy. (laughs) Um, And so I was like, maybe they're not, but like, I don't know where the fuck, it looks like a back lot, like Mm. a movie set.
1: Yeah. And like, like it's like, like like a little terrace with some fucking oriental
0: (laughs) on it. Yeah, They
1: did their best to give you the the tiny desk feel even in an outside. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And he uh he just seems, I don't know I just love him cuz he just seems to have like a real like positive presence and like yeah. a a like a good vibe about him. And like yeah. the only thing he's been in trouble for with the law is like um guns and drugs and shit like stupid shit that doesn't really matter as much. Yeah. I mean the guns is not cool but he's never shot anybody. Cough, cough. Tory Lanes, cough. Um, <laughs> Tory Lanes. Um, but like, I don't know. I didn't. I didn't mean to derail Mike's episode with a, a pay on to Young Thug, but I I love Young Thug.
1: Yeah, and I uh, wanted
0: to put it on the air. I
1: uh, yeah, like you. I I have fairly minimal knowledge of his just overall discography, and now I'm like, man, I. I owe it to this man. I got to go back. Yeah.
0: He worries me. Like all these young rappers worry me because he's like, he has that lyric and die slowly where he's like, I'm doing, I'm doing pretty good. I only drank one pint this whole tour. And I'm like, God, I wish these fucking rappers would stop fucking with all these weird ass drugs. Yeah. just like smoke weed and eat mushrooms, please. Yeah. We've, um,
1: We've lost. We've lost too many. Yeah. Off of and I was
0: reading the Rolling Stone feature something about him, and they mentioned like at the end of a the sentence, they were like, "And the ubiquitous styrofoam cup that is never too far from his grasp." And I was like, "Damn it! Yeah. Damn it!
1: Come on, guys. Be Stay careful." On. And like,
0: like it makes me sad too because Thug can like re Thug can sing. Yeah. Thug can like really sing, like as well as he can rap.
1: Yeah, he he was very because he yeah. was not he, he wasn't even using any like live pitch correction.
0: No, and, none at all. And there's there's according to the feature I read, there's a more much more singing on the album than there has been in the singles. So yeah. like it's going to be really interesting. But um, enough about Young Thug, Mike Summers. Thank you so much for being here, brother. Give, give the people an album of the moment besides your own. Gokata is the album of the moment, obviously. But give the people another album of the moment to, to fill their ears with.
1: Yes. Um, I've been listening to a lot of, a lot of good stuff lately. <clears throat> um, there was this one, i sorry, I ran to get my phone. I was like, Oh, what's the name of that album? Because I've been Yeah. Listening to it, but I also forgot the fucking name of it. So uh, <laughs> that's how good it is. So good. Yeah. Um, it, so good. It's so
0: good. It transcends names.
1: Um, oh yeah. So there's an, <clears throat> an artist, very, very just singer, songwriter, just classic, like, dude-and-a-guitar kind of guy. Um, His name is uh, Benjamin Francis Leftwich. Um, He's on the... uh, Which is quite a name.
0: That is quite a name. (laughs) Sounds Mm. like a character from Down Abbey.
1: Uh, Yeah. Uh, Well, and he he is from the UK. So I guess, you know, there's that. Benjamin Francis
0: Leftwich. That sounds like it should be Ed Sheeran's name. And this... And this guy should be named Ed Sheeran.
1: Basically, I mean, he, he's very much in a similar vein, but but it, it would be like if Ed Sheeran. But better. It would be like if like the A Team Ed Sheeran uh, era never left, and yeah, still, that's yeah. kind of what I that thought. was
0: a catchy song.
1: That was a yeah, that's a great. I like,
0: this pale ginger wrote a good, really good song about a crack-addled prostitute
1: correct like this Uh, is bizarre but uh Um, the album is called to carry a whale
0: yeah Uh, to carry that's a fantastic title well folks that is not gonna leave my head anytime soon
1: i will warn i will warn the listeners it is definitely not it's a good rainy day album and i'm trying to get in the like feel the feelings a little bit but not too much so uh, what i'm saying is don't don't pump it at the gym don't yeah it's not the do spot. That.
0: if you're looking for something to pump at the gym my album of the moment and they're either uh, or and my album of the past many moments first of all um thugger girls by young thug because we've been plugging young thug it's got a third word but i don't remember what it is but thugger girls should bring it up um but my album of the moment is sob rock the most Mm -hmm. recent record from john mayer can't go wrong with that it's got some really brutal lyrics i will say it does but like every song on there is chill every song on there is a comfy Comfy vibe. He made it for you to feel comfy, feel breezy, do some dancing, do a little swaying, make a little love, get down tonight, <laughs> all that good stuff.
1: It's going to take a long, uh, lot to drag me away from you. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I hope he yeah, is. I, if he covers Africa on the Saw tour, I will be fully i will become fully realized
1: like there's like there, there's almost no way he can't right he's like, gonna
0: do something crazy like that in the i will say air this
1: air. One, just one last tidbit i saw at who at the time was one of my favorite bands i still say unfortunately maybe not unfortunately but <laughs> evidently their their style has influenced me still to this day i saw the lion k live. oh wow get ready for this live at six flags over georgia oh wow they, they covered toto live they covered oh, africa live
0: that's at, insane did they pull it off flags was it any good
1: it was great you can find youtube covers you can find them playing it live on youtube it's still. i'll, find,
0: I'll check that out hey you do it heard just here, it. reliant k africa you had another nugget for your ears folks um you know man reliant k that's that's a throwback. Yeah. Wherever you guys are, I hope you're doing good. <laughs> um, uh, but that's, that's our albums and songs of the moment, ladies and gentlemen. Of course, the real album of the moment is Gokata, my boy Mike Summers' debut EP, available on all streaming platforms, You can find him on Instagram, at Mike Summers Music. Uh, You got a Twitter, Mikey? It
1: is uh, at It's Mike Summers.
0: Okay, and you can find him on Twitter, at It's Mike Summers. And we'll link the socials in the show description, like always. Mike, thank you. And my name's Ezra you can find me on social media at, on instagram and twitter at sit 95 um mike thank you so much for being here it's been a wonderful wonderful interview couldn't have asked for a better first guest
1: it was an awesome time uh, i uh, i can't wait to see where this podcast goes i feel like you have a Great flow, much like our boy, Connie. <laughs>
0: thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Maybe I should all. Maybe there's an available room in Mercedes Benz Stadium. Maybe can, I can. Uh, I, put- I, I move in there and refuse to leave till the podcast is finished. Might as well. Um, yeah. Um, hopefully it'll be finished pretty soon because we're supposed to drop it on Monday. Um, <laughs> but I will. Thank you so much for being here, man. Everybody, check out Gokada. If you're in New York on August 16th, go see Mike Summers live at the Bowery Electric. Um, I'm sure it'll be amazing. You can follow him on Instagram at Mike Summers Music and on Twitter at It's Mike Summers. Thank you for being here, Mike. You're welcome back anytime.
1: Thank you, Ezra. I really appreciate it. Yeah,
0: for sure. For sure. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening to the inaugural episode of Ezra's Extraordinary Extravaganza. Yes, it is extraordinary, not exploding, as I keep mistakenly saying, Um, and here are the credits for that first episode. This podcast was created, produced, and hosted by me, Ezra Brown. It was edited by Alex Gunderson, who also designed the art. Um, This week featured wonderful royalty-free music from Antai Luode, whose YouTube channel is linked in the comments. He has hundreds of wonderful royalty-free songs. The executive producers of this podcast are myself and Alex Gunderson, um, and this podcast is a production of Hogfellow Studios, powered by Podbean. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week.